Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur, are looking to start your journey tomorrow, or someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to tune in and download after you tune in today. But before I introduce my guest, I'll continue to share an entrepreneurial story to inspire you all. I found this story on Kelly Peeler, who was nominated as a Forbes 30 Under 30 Social Entrepreneur. Like many of you listening, Kelly decided to leave her corporate job when she was 29 years old. She was a finance professional and employed by J.P. Morgan Chase after the 08 crash. She decided to leave her Wall Street position to make a difference. She founded Next Gen Vest with the goal to provide financial advice through a text message. She wanted to make a difference by aiding Generation Z individuals to have financial aid help. She analyzed many dynamics around the student loan market, and she called it predatory for the 70 million individuals who will enter that system for the first time. That resonated with me because of my student loan issues, and she's a firm believer that the next financial crisis will be rooted in that very market, so that's a big effect on me. Brittany, what do you think of her work that she's doing? Well, first of all, sign me up because <laughs> I could have really used that service in college and in grad school. There's like no assistance and or information in that area and the lack of knowledge can really lead people to get into trouble with financial issues from the get-go of graduation. So that's really sounds really impressive. Absolutely. That voice you just heard is the sound of today's guest. My guest in the show is somebody I reconnected with on Instagram. I went to school with her family over the years and it was great to reconnect. She heard a Mutual Friends episode that aired earlier this season, and we connected right away. The story of Kelly Peeler relates to Brittany as she also took that leap of faith to create something all on her own. She has an incredible work ethic with many lessons and stories you're about to learn from her, so allow me to reintroduce Brittany. How are you, Brittany? Hi, Vincent. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Of course. Why don't you go ahead and share your story a little bit and then end up what you're working on today? Sure. So I'll give you the elevator version because I'm sure we don't have um, <laughs> hours and hours to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, but over six years ago, I was getting my master's in mental health counseling and I was visiting a friend um, on summer break in Virginia and I came across a headband at a local shop. And instead of buying the headband, I decided to go home and purchase all of the supplies to make the headband myself as one does. Um, and then I went straight from there. I opened up an Etsy shop. I taught myself how to sew, which I had no idea how to do. Um, and then I continued to make and sell headbands online on the side while I was finishing my master's. And then I got a job in the field, which I worked at for three years to continue to get my hours for my license in mental health counseling. Okay. And uh, last December, after completing all my hours and taking the test and becoming a licensed mental health counselor, I quit my job to work as a therapist at a private practice. Um, but as soon as I quit, it felt like my business started doing really, really well. And it just blew up. I launched my spring collection last March and it's everything sold out in three hours. And it was supposed to last for three months. Wow. And then two weeks later, I restocked everything and the same exact thing happened again. And then I realized that I couldn't possibly fill sewing everything myself, hundreds of orders, and continue to see 20 clients with depression and anxiety. It just, I couldn't give 100% to both. So I quit my job and went full-time with my headband business in April. 
Um, and since then, I found a manufacturer in Brooklyn to help with the production, and I got an office locally to help separate my home and my job life. Um, so it's been a pretty, pretty crazy year. Yeah, that's incredible. That's definitely a true entrepreneur story, and I'm excited to kind of get into detail. Again, this is Brittany Schillingford, and she has a great story to share. Brittany, what I do each episode is I share the big five with the listeners. It's these same questions I go over each episode to help the listeners learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go? I'm ready. Cool. So you just touched on this briefly, but let's go into some detail. When did you realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing or that you needed some kind of change? So it's funny because a lot of people who are new to me think like, oh, you, you didn't like therapy. You wanted to do like this option better. And it wasn't even, I didn't, wasn't even there long enough to assess if I liked it or not. I was there for like three months. And then I was like, oh, I got to. I felt like my customers were telling me what my decision was. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that you have a, a side hustle or a small business that you basically are handed like, here's your customers. People want your stuff. And I felt like I needed to kind of take that. I could be a therapist whenever. I'll always have my license. I could always go back as a fallback plan, which I'm hoping I never need to do. Um, but I felt like I just, it was something I needed to do even if it seemed crazy to other people. It didn't feel like a leap to me because the, the sales were there, the customers were there. I had the feedback on social media of people saying, hey, I want your headbands. They're out of stock, they're out of stock. And when you get that, it's like, you're, they're there for you to listen to them, your customers and your audience. That's the beauty of social media. So yeah, That's I, incredible. I, I knew it was what I would have to do, what I really had to do. Well, you, I give you, respect for having the courage to leave the job you worked hard for i mean that's the same doing my master's i did my mba in finance that the degrees don't expire yeah you still have that knowledge but exactly. i feel before i get too too old that this is something i'm passionate about and i want to try and i'll hate yeah. myself forever if i don't try so awesome what would you say one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur going from that office therapy job what's difficult for you this is it's so hard to say everything's difficult. Like I yeah. want it. Everything's difficult. There's so many difficult parts about it. Of course, there's so many good parts. Um, I think one of the first things is going from working in an office with a boss who sets the deadlines for you and tells you what to do and when to do it and when it needs to be yeah. done by. Uh, I'm the type of person who needs that outer accountability. So in the beginning, when I first quit, it was really hard. But what I found is if you just pick somebody outside of you to be the accountability, then you can get it done. And for me, that was my customer. So if I told my customers, you're gonna, your products are gonna ship on this date, you're, um, this is gonna come out on this date, this is gonna launch on this date, they're waiting for you, you've already told them and they will definitely hold you accountable as I've found. Um, so that it's really just finding kind of ways around different things that is not natural in your personality. And another thing that's difficult is just wearing so many hats and doing so many things. Yes. Um, especially in the beginning when you have a small business and you don't have the money to hire an assistant or someone to answer your emails or the various, you know, it's one second I'm answering emails, then I'm listing products, then I'm doing social media, answering DMs, packing orders, shipping orders, cleaning my office. Like it's just like on and on and on. And I think a lot of, I wish there was a way to tell people that, there are so many more things going on than you think without kind of sounding like a jerk. Well, that's not the goal of the podcast, yourself. to have every, not just entrepreneurs get inspired, yes. to kind of bring awareness to 
entrepreneur isn't just picking your own schedule. It's wearing all these hats like you're talking about. Yeah. I yeah, work sometimes. Yeah. How, how many hours a day do you work? You can't even count some days. Oh I'm my sure. God. Yeah. Well, up and until. They don't, they're not even monetized days. You're not getting a check for working today. You're putting in the effort to make sure your products are ready and then you get the money. It's exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a little backwards. Yeah. It's, it's very, very different. Kind of. yeah. What would you say one of your greatest failures is and what did it teach you? It could be at any point in your life. It stuck with you though. Let's hear it. So I think a mistake that I made in the beginning of the business when I first started sewing and finding out about different fabrics and all of this stuff I knew nothing about. I was just buying anything I thought was pretty and with really no idea of how I was going to, if anybody was going to like it, if I was going to make the money back. Um, and I think that kind of, of course I'm okay now, but I think that screwed me over a little bit because then I ended up with bins and bins of fabric that nobody wanted money that I had spent that I didn't necessarily have. And uh, really just no plan what to do, what to do with it. Um, and that's definitely taught me that it's so much better to underbuy than overbuy, especially because supply and demand, you don't want to be like, buy my stuff. You know, you want to be like, sorry, it's limited release. It's going to go away. Um, and like be that, honest yeah. about that, you know, not like pretending it's limited release. Meanwhile, Some you people have definitely, stuff. you know, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I think just learning that it's really important to pay attention to what your customers want and listening to them and not just doing whatever you feel like doing. That's all great advice for everybody listening and especially the newer entrepreneurs. Those are great lessons they can take with them right in the beginning of their journey. Yes. That's a good question. I love this because each guest, there's so many options, just kind of like the two most difficult parts. Who would your entrepreneur of choice be to speak to and learn from? What would you guys be doing? Where would you be talking? Yeah, this was really hard. <laughs> um, so I picked Rachel Hollis. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Does she have a book? She does. She has actually seven books, but a lot of people didn't know about her, or maybe eight. A lot of people didn't know about her until recently, um, but she's been behind the scenes working on her business for over 10 explain, years. Yeah, explain a little bit about her history. So she started out um, with a food blog when blogs were like, I mean, they're still a thing, but when they were really, really big. Yeah. Um, so she started out food blogging, blogging and then, you know, fashion and a bunch of other stuff on her blog and then kind of transformed into um, women's conferences. And I've been to her women's conference and she had her first business conference this year, which I also went to. Um, and she has new products like journals and planners and things like that. And she just, she went this year or within the last 18 months from having a staff of four to over a staff of 50 people, which is just wow. incredible to be able to give jobs and support other families. I think that's just so amazing. Oh, that's a great way um, to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just really admire everything that she's done. And I feel like I've had a conversation with her because I've been to her conference, but it would be amazing to actually have a conversation related to me specifically. Um, but everything she's doing is just um, really thoughtful and smart. And I think she's a genuine person and, and, tries her best not to let what others feel about her influence the way she is, which is very hard the bigger you get. Yeah, it's an acquired skill, I'd say. But we'll definitely <laughs> tag her. We'll send it to her when the episode yes. comes out. We'll DM her with it. Hopefully we can make that come true. You touched on how this journey has kind of been rapidly going for you. It's been picking up quickly. I know it's going to be tough, but let's look into the future a little bit. One year from today and five years from now, what are you hoping I guess 2021, since we're filming this right around the holidays in 20 in 2019. So 
2021 yeah. beginning. What are you thinking? This is really tough. I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're like, I can't even think about tomorrow. Like everything's changing so much. How do you expect me to plan? But I really, this year, I really want to have help from an, an employee, like an assistant or an office manager or something who can help me with emails and just whatever basically I would need at the time. Um, also would be wearing lots of hats. <laughs> they can take some hats for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as well, I want to be able, I'm still struggling with having enough inventory and products selling out really quickly, which I know is a good problem to have as people are telling me, but it can be frustrating kind of selling out of everything and then not having stock for a few months. It's also not the smartest financial <laughs> situation to be in when you're trying to buy a home and things like that. So I would love to get to the point with the manufacturer to where I'm on a good groove, a new batch will come in and the next one's already being worked on. Um, so those are my goals for this year, five years. Oh my gosh. My brain is like, what? Um, we worldwide. What are we thinking here? Yeah, I, I do. I, I always want to sell online. I don't have a goal of like opening up a storefront. I think that online, um, business has been really great for me and I, I enjoy being able to reach people I wouldn't be able to reach if it was, if it was in person, but I would love to have at that point, like a team of people and maybe my own warehouse. And, um, instead of having a manufacturer within another company, maybe having my own little company manufacturing team. Um, that'd be cool. It'd be a whole little enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly I need to do some, some five-year planning. Well, I mean, with entrepreneurship, you're kind of living and learning, testing and yes, you know, seeing what doesn't work, what does work. It's, it will all come together. But thanks so much, Brittany, for coming on today. I know the listeners are going to see a ton of value in your stories. I really enjoyed how you personalized each answer. And I think the failure and the difficult parts are going to resonate with a lot of people. But it's time for the last word. Is there something you want to share with the listeners today that we did not touch on? So I think that it's important to remember that things are not going to happen quickly. Um, and especially because people see from the outside, like people see Rachel Hollis and they're like, oh, you're famous. And she's like, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like just because you just found out about me doesn't mean that I just started. Love and that. even though I'm on a much, much smaller scale than her, I've had similar feedback from people who just found out about me. They're like, oh, you must have a team of people and you're, everything's ready to go. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm still a very small business and it's taken a lot of time to get here. and it's definitely easy for people to forget like, Oh, well, she's doing it. She's doing it. She's doing it. Like focus on your own journey and remember that it's going to take time and you're not just going to blow up overnight. It's not really a thing. If people do that, it's because of years and years of work to get to that point. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it like that. A lot of times, especially with social media, the way it is, people compare a lot. They see, they see the headbands, they see the product, but they don't see what happened to get to that headband. Yes. The exactly. order is, the order cancellations, the order delays, the non-response. There's so many yeah. different factors. Can you please go ahead and share your social media, your website, or any ways for our listeners to buy your products, seek your advice? Sure. So my business is called Busy Bee Crafts. And of course, I chose the most difficult way to spell it. It's B-I-Z-Z-Y-B-C-R-A-F-T-S. So I'm uh, on Facebook, Instagram, all of the same, and busybeecrafts.com. Thank you for sharing. Remember, you guys can follow the show on Instagram at your favorite morning podcast and on Twitter at Podcast by Lancey. I'm at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube, and my website is vincentalancey.com. Make sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption, on Amazon now. 
DM me or email me. Let me know what you think of it. If you really enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I work really hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. And as always, I'll end the show with a quote that inspired me, and I hope it will for you too. This one from the co-founder of the Huffington Post, Arianna Huffington. One of the greatest skills of leadership is being unflappable. Anytime you do anything in the world, there's going to be criticism. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all in the next episode of what it's really like to be an entrepreneur.